Right now, we are joined by our very own great Introducer Makatini. Welcome to the World Show. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you for having me. It's it's been a while. I'm I'm happy to be here. I know. I wish you were here in person, but let me tell you, I'm happy I can get you on Zoom anyway. How's the weather that side? You're in the Eastern Cape. Yeah, the the weather is 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 actually fine. I thought it would be even much colder than it is, uh, but it it seems really fine. And um, I've really spent most of my day at home because um, I've just I've just gotten back. So it's really beautiful to be back home. There's there's a relationship with this weather. I I kind of feel yes. I feel I feel like you know I was I was I was out in some other extremes in, in Abu Dhabi and I feel like this is this is the kind of weather I know. Yes. No, because it's raining yeah. and raining and raining here in Joburg. That's why I was asking you. But how was Abu Dhabi and what were you there doing? Uh, it was really beautiful. Um I was there um as an artist uh in residence at um the New York University in, in Abu Dhabi. And um yeah, part of what I was doing was uh, I was teaching classes on um, displacement, exile, um, immigrant workers, and, and 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 all of those themes in relation to sound in South Africa. And um, also, uh, we did a performance with a group called Boom Diwan, which is a group that really focuses on uh, pearl diving music and all kinds of uh, Arabic uh, devotion music. So it was just beautiful overall to more than anything to discover how connected we are to all of these uh, cultures and, and the histories of how sounds moved through um you know uh, uh the, the, the 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 kind of um you know nomad kind of yes you know kind of place in the world people moving moving between different places and living something living a story living a song so for me it was beautiful to see how much of you know the connections that that those people have for instance to east african uh uh, cultures and languages and and a lot is shared so it was beautiful sounds absolutely amazing uh yeah i'd love to see those artists come and join you here one of these days <laughs> but uh, that would be amazing yes. We're thinking about that We're thinking about that yeah i love it you know exploring the finding the commonality through exploring diversity yeah. is what i would i would describe it as um precisely and that's one of the beauties of music but in Duzo, this album in the spirit of into you've blown me away you have blown 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 me away absolutely <laughs> incredible when is the album officially out because we're going to give everyone a sneak preview tonight but when is the album officially out so the album is out on the 27th of May. Yeah, but we, we're doing a rollout. So there will be a single dropping this week and, and I think one more single the, in, in three weeks time and then the album will land. So 
we're really excited for the album. It is so, so beautiful. I feel so honored to be sharing some of it tonight. Uh, now, it's before, an absolute honor. Yes. Now, before we go there, you know, I remember when your last album came out uh, and you were about to just sign with Blue Note. It had just been released on Blue Note. And you were about mm. to, like, perform across the globe and then COVID hit. I mean, how yeah. how did that impact you as an artist? I mean, you you know, when an album's fresh, and I noticed that with a few great albums, they were fresh. They were meant yeah. to be taken across the globe, and suddenly you were brought yeah. to a standstill. I mean, how did that impact yeah. on your work? Well, I think it had all kinds of uh, negative and positive impacts. I guess uh, at first it was really difficult to to see how things would turn out because no one really knew. And uh, there, there was something that, you know, was kind of telling me that this work was important nonetheless. And, uh, you know, the work would find its way to, to the globe. And um, I remember having a, a, a conversations with, with one of the great masters in the U.S. that has been like really supporting my journey. And he was he was saying, um, man, you know, the, the the work sometimes reaches a point where it can function on its own. And that just helped me to start thinking about the fact that like once it's on the it's on this format on a CD or, or on an LP, it, it really doesn't need that much of of my physical presence. And that's really what happened during lockdown. I mean the album traveled further than than I even imagined. And um, uh, just a couple of days before uh, the album landed, we started thinking here at home that like, you know, we, we need to honor this moment in some way. And uh, together with our kids, we started pushing furniture around and set up a little stage yes. <laughs> at our home and uh, got some cameras and, uh, you know, we did an online um, uh, launch for the album and it was really a beautiful moment. But I think if anything, uh, the project really just taught me uh, about the things that we can do without and, and what it would mean to project from stillness and uh, yeah, all of those things were lessons. I think those are all the positives and the, these are the things that I take with me going forward. Yes, absolutely. And I suppose in some ways that this new album is a kind of extension of that last album. Uh, I think you've even referred to it as 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 come, kind of arising out of the last one. Definitely, definitely. I guess there is a there is a relationship uh, between all my my records. Um, so there is a, a way in which like particular themes uh, find you know, continuity in other albums. But quite explicitly with this one, it has a very strong relationship with uh, Letters from the Underworlds, Listening to the Ground, yes. and Ecami. So those are kind of like speaking to each other, um, you know, in, 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 in a kind of um, ongoing way. Yes. And of course, it, it, this album also tries to, you know, project this kind of summary of all the 10 albums in terms of the, the things that have been kind of 
invoked in these albums and how, you know, I'm projecting those to kind of the future. So, yeah, there are those connections indeed. Ten albums in Duduza. Can you believe it? Wow. You have just done. <laughs> and not just ten albums, ten absolutely magnificent offerings. So thank you so much for that. I want to talk a whole lot more about the album, but I think we should take a moment to play a song. And once again, I have got, uh, really, you've given me a big problem. How am I going to choose four songs or, or so <laughs> from the album to play tonight? But I you know, we'll discuss oh. it while the song's playing, but I'm looking at different vibes. And I certainly want to play the opening track. The opening track is Unon, uh, Unon Kanyamba. And the yes. way I interpret this is when, when I listen to the song, it evokes in me a sense of urgency. Tell me about yes. the song. Well, I think it's... Um it's quite sombre that, that we would um, speak about this at the backdrop of the recent uh, floods in, in Guazulu-Natal. So uh, Inkanyamba is, is known to be this mystical being that um, emerges under, underwater and, and, and whenever it rises, there's a kind of earthquake that comes with that. But um, in a sense, it's, it's, it's also related to which is the rain who, who is the rain goddess so there is a sense in which in Ganyamba we've always related to it as a masculine energy and um, so no is often used for a girl child in, 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 in Zulu like kind of naming systems so I just uh, juxtapose that Uno to kind of pose a question of whether this is entirely a masculine energy or it could be a feminine energy as well. So I'm, I'm kind of like using a lot of words in this album to, to kind of, you know, bring in some kind of questions uh, to the things that we think we know, but also particularly to invoke um, a lot of the histories that uh, have been buried and, and, and cultural concepts that have been forgotten. Thank you so much. Induduzo Makatini, there's so many questions I want to ask you. Also, I know nothing about who you were working with on this project. Listening, I've got some ideas, but we'll have to speak about that when we come back on the other side of the opening track. Unon Kanyamba. I'm sure I said it wrong. Say it for me, Induduzo. <laughs> Sounds so much better. The album in the spirit of Into. Nine five nine. That is Induduzo Makatini. Of course, he's with us now. The album in the spirit of Ntu Unon Kanyamba. But Induduzo, you were telling me that that uh, track was inspired when you were in Mozambique. Indu it it oh. falls into. It. Sorry, I lost you for a sec. Yes. Yeah, I think it it falls into these kind of coastal dialogues that I was talking about earlier on about my trip in Abu Dhabi and, and these things that were shared in the trade. So I when, when I was with Jimmy and he started um, 
showing me like this um, kind of Bajopi sounds and you know he has a huge archive you know um, of of the music from Mozambique but he has just you know a, a keen interest in the music of the whole continent and so spending time with him I mean as a master I mean this is someone that I grew up listening to and um, so it was both an honor to spend time with him and also just learning about the things that he listened to so I kind of pick up this kind of groove from some of the things we're listening to and talking about and uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm thankful I could um, do something that uh, I could tribute to him even. Absolutely. And it's got that kind of Jimmy Lulu energy as well. It makes sense now that you, <laughs> now that you tell me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he's the man. Yes, absolutely. Beautiful. Um, and again, let's talk about some of the artists because I think I was recognizing Linda Sigakana there. Uh, tell me yeah. about some of the artists that are performing on this album. Yes, it's definitely uh, Linda Skakali on tenor. And in other songs, he plays soprano as well. Uh, there is uh, Robin Fassi, who plays trumpet and flugelhorn. There is Jose Machene, who plays percussion and the Malombo drums. There is Kevin D'Souza, who played double bass. Uh, there is Dane Paris, who played um, uh, the drums. And um, man, I don't want to. And you can. The, the- yes. And what about the vocalists? Um, yeah, I'm missing. I'm missing a couple of people there. <laughs> They're gonna. Okay, it's gonna so, come to you. It's gonna come to you. Vocalists are really uh, guest uh, appearances, so maybe I'll mention them later. But there is also uh, Dylan Tebisha who plays vibraphones in the album, and is I think is quite um, an important part of the record because uh, I've 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 heard him before even though I didn't know it was the same person, but he plays double bass on Kyle's album called Fine Art. Okay, yes. So he's a, a special musician because, like, you know, I was looking for a vibraphone and and uh, Linda Skakane just told me there was a guy that he had had before that played classical music, though, and he, he wasn't sure if he could improvise. And, and so, of course, when we went into the studio... It was just, uh, yeah, it, it was just a, a, an entire discovery. So, so yeah, I'm really happy with the musicians on the album. Yeah, it's very, very powerful. A big credit to you and all the musicians as well. But now, introduce yeah. us, you, you, you speak about this album and you also speak about how you were exploring the threads of, of a religion and culture and the, yeah. the, the seemingly disparate thread sometimes. Um, yep. t- tell us yep. a little bit about that background. What, you know, what is it in, in your religion? What is it in your culture? Are you approaching yeah. these as religion in general and culture in general, but through your own experience? Well, thank you for this question, uh, Sis Nikki. I think um, I was I was really introduced to sound in a very particular way. And by that, I mean that uh, sound had always enunciated uh, as as a kind of product or, or an, a, something that emerges out of a situatedness in spirituality. Um, and, and so I've been interested in that theme and how that could be a way to kind of like uh, look at 
jazz uh, in a in a specific way. So um, and then um, what do you mean? Started, but what do you mean about a situationist? Can you expand on that for me a little bit? Okay, for example, so the, the, yes, the situatedness would, for instance, mean there were particular songs that were performed in particular periods of of the calendar that were invoking uh, specific uh, deities or divinities. For instance, there are songs. So those songs are situated in spirituality. So they have an aim of connecting something deeper than the sound itself. So I was interested in that. And of course, going into um, school and studying via curriculum, I felt that those links were missing. And um, so it's always been my kind of... uh, dream to kind of uh, bring in that whole cultural, spiritual, cosmological language into jazz music and maybe try and think about jazz as departing from those particular places. Um, And when I was doing like, you know, a kind of research and the things that I'm interested in, uh, reading Babu Mutwa, reading Babu Mbiti, and reading various uh, authors and and listening to Mamu Simshongo and listening to Babu Mselengu, there seemed to be this kind of closeness to some spiritual dimension in their sound or in the writing, as it were, in the text that uh, Babu Mutua has, has offered us. So then I was looking for what what is this central theme in all of these things that we keep seeing? And um, I ran into a lot of text that was speaking about uh, what uh, earlier writers called vital force. So when when the when the the, the colonizers as it were, came and encountered African people. They thought African people did not have a philosophy. They didn't have like a sense of of uh, God or spirituality. And um, one of the philosophers back then called Temples came came in and, and started trying to define what African philosophy was. And he said, if anything, there was this vital force that Africans believed in. And it's in their songs, it's in the way they think about the world, it's in it's in how they think about uh, epistemologies. Um, so about environment. And, and, and so I, I kind of singled out that theme, which is do which we also find in Ubuntu, in describing uh, Ubuntu. Uh, so, and, and I felt that, you know, throughout all of these uh, uh, kind of catastrophes that have happened in the erasures, as it were, the things that were taken away, the things that were silenced, I, I started thinking perhaps do is one of the only surviving things that we still carry in ourselves that is still there in the music. So in the spirit of do is kind of invoking the silences. It's invoking the things that were kind of suppressed, uh, the things that were stolen and, 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 and kind of like teaching the next generation about the importance of that particular philosophy in, in terms of understanding our, our path and, 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 and the reason we are in the world.
absolutely true. Um, you kind of you're making me think about my experience in Mexico and my experience in 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 Africa and at home in South yeah. Africa, yeah. and yeah. and how there's this assimilation uh, because obviously with Christianity coming in, uh, it's it's it's, it's got a huge role, but. It's interesting yeah. to see how many people, um, you know, follow Christianity, but at the same time, uh, also honor, respect, and even uh, and even uh, um, practice the traditions, the African traditions, uh, um, which which could seem like a dichotomy, but in but it actually, is, yes, it is. <laughs> I think there is there is a sense in which the the we find the hybridism, and I mean like South Africa currently is celebrating Easter weekend, so yes. that that goes to to show us that uh, there is definitely a trace of the encounters between us and 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 the British or the Dutch. So that has got a place, but I think in terms of. Uh, this kind of looking at the things that survived, I think some credit needs to be given to the what the the churches that were called the separatist churches, which are the Zionist churches, the Shembe movement. Because yes. what these churches were doing when these things were getting erased, they created room for these things to still exist. So on the one hand there was Christianity, and on the other hand they refused to let go of like beliefs in uh, ancestral invocations, Mungo and all of those kind of things. So there is a sense in which even the glimpses that I'm talking about now of these things that survived, a a greater part of it is due to those churches that really refused for their rituals to be totally erased from their consciousness. So, So definitely a hybridity. And and I think the hybrid hybridity has helped us to to at least find some kind of you know s- smaller memories of the pre-colonial. Absolutely, and I think on that note, I've got to say, not only is it Easter, but it's also I think the end of Eid Mubarak and Passover. So really, a yes. very special weekend. Yes. yes. And Aduza, yes. last week I played your first single of the album, and it's so beautiful. I've got to play it again. Now I know, uh, with my limited knowledge, can I say I know that this is a very significant song in South South Africa's history, Senzenina. Yeah. And I'm going to play. That yeah. now, tell me a little bit about why you chose uh, to do an interpretation of the song on this album. So yes, I I think um, the relationship is more with Senzenina as as a uh, a text as opposed to uh, the the actual music that was sung during apartheid. Yes. So the sonically, the song has no relationship to that particular composition, but it has a deep relationship with what people were trying to express through that composition. And of course, Sanzenina is a question, what have we done? And um, it was invoked deeply during apartheid. I mean, as a kid, we used to sing that in rallies, uh, in protests. And um, of late, the the song kind of re-emerged. But this time, 
it was used to kind of, you know, read into the recent uh, gender-based violence cases. And um, a lot of our sisters, mothers, uh, our daughters were saying, what have we done? And kind of invoking this again. And um, I started thinking, well, it was a revelation when I just started reading this without a question mark. And when you read it without a question mark and make it a hyphen word, mm. the sense means create or recreate. Nina basically means mother or, or it means you. So there's a sense in which in the context of do as the vital force uh, that exists within us, uh, I kind of started to feel there was a disturbance in that force for us to perform these um, brutalities to to women so so I, I i from that point i started thinking well it's not much a question that women should be asking it's more a thing that we should be thinking about as men that something of essence is lost in us so then i was i started thinking about what does it mean to create a new man so a new man that is more sensitive that is more understanding you know maybe also that is opening himself to healing given the kind of brutal histories uh, in terms of black men and the dysfunctionality that was created by apartheid and all of those things, but to kind of confront. So this is going back to the mother's womb, Senzeni Nina. Thank you so much. Introduce Makatini on the World Show, Senzeni Nina. Coming up now, it's Orphis soon, soon, soon to be released album, but the single is available in the spirit of Entu. Senzenina of Induduzo Makatini's brand new offering. It's going to be out in a week or two. So uh, I'm happy to make you hungry. But that single is out already. Yes, Senzenina. And I love what Injabula wrote on Twitter. He said, I'm tuned in and looking forward to the conversation. I love how he got us thinking about the meaning of Senzeni in the context of what have we done versus we created you. Very, very lovely. I'm not sure. Did you write that before or after we? Oh, it was an hour ago in Jabulo. So I only noticed it now. <laughs> he was obviously seeing what we were going to speak about in Deduza. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful, powerful work. Now, this is your second album with the Blue Note of the esteemed uh, label. Yeah. And I see now in Deduza that they actually have started a Blue Note Africa uh, 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 kind of section. Uh, uh, yeah. you, were you part of the inspiration? When I, when I think about that, I'm thinking, I'm <laughs> sure Indoduza must have been part of that inspiration. Well, I, 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 I think so. <laughs> um, I think, in, you know, in the beginning when I really got signed to Blue Note and I remember several interviews that came, I, I kind of utilized the, 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 those interviews or the platform to kind of conscientize about the kind of like Blue Note sounding records that never really made it to to be released on Blue Note in South Africa. Yes. You think about Yakalingom or you think about Intrupego and a lot of other records that could have easily 
uh, been released in that record that record label if things were different. And that's kind of the idea that I was driving to Blue Note as well to kind of like, you know, they could use my work as a as a way of as a window to open to like sound dimensions in South Africa that are just you know something you can't find anywhere else in the world and I think it has done exactly that so yes I'm definitely gonna be um, a, a part of uh, Blue Note Africa here and kind of assisting in various departments uh, but it's, it's quite an exciting time because it, it basically means everything we record on this side now will definitely get uh, some international attention so, so yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm so pleased that you're saying this because obviously uh, you know and I think especially with a label like Blue Note which has always yeah. presented music that deserves to be heard it doesn't matter yeah. you know how challenging it is how sublime it is uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, they never ever shied away from from releasing great music and you know just from my Definitely. own experience exploring digging every week I'm doing my research finding songs finding music and being a lover yeah. of, of jazz and I realized and I'm sure this is part of your inspiration that uh, for this yeah. this African part of Blue Note is that we really do have some of the most cutting edge, forward thinking, future creating yeah. jazz in this country. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, and I think, uh, mm-hmm. of course, Blue Note Africa has a lot of catching up to do with because while we focus on what is current, we we have a a responsibility to kind of also simultaneously reveal the archives. Um, so there's a lot of work that was done many years ago that never really got any recognition. Yes. So I, I think it comes with a huge responsibility, but, um, I, you know, I'm willing to guide as much as I can where I can. Yes. It's so good to know that you're also part of that movement because uh, that yeah. is the way forward, not to just do it from uh, an American perspective, because, of course, the label's based in the States, but also to do it from this perspective. And I think that's that's urgent. And I think, and I think also, you know what I noticed about uh, over the years, there's very few African artists that have kind of breaking, broken through the international uh, a, a mold of what jazz is, yeah. you know. I'm thinking yeah, of, yeah, of yeah, Richard Bona, uh, Lionel Loeke, uh, but again, Lionel was a Berkeley student, so it kind of made sense. Exactly, and it's exactly. about time. So I'm very, very, very happy to hear about that. But now the next song I'm yeah. going to play, and, and 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 the reason I've chosen this, as I said, it's a challenge. When I, when I was driving here, listening to your album on the way to Kaya today, and I was thinking, you know, this you you really can't play four songs because you you, you haven't heard the album, you know, what I mean? so, <laughs> and it's almost yes. like you've got to hear it from beginning to end. And please, everybody, remember what I'm saying. But I'm hopefully just giving you a taste. But the next track that yeah. I'm going to play is. Uh, uh, Omnyama, and when I heard this track, I, in fact, as I was listening to the album, I was hearing you tribute. You know, as you say, you're dealing with with aspects of religion. You're de- dealing with uh, uh, form and content, and uh, yeah. you know how the sonic uh, the sonic element can interpret yeah. concepts really. But one of the things yeah. that I noticed as I was going through the album. I hear you tributing 
And I hear moments where I feel like, and I'm not sure if this was intentional, but yeah. definitely Becky Messelekud. Also yeah, Abdullah definitely. Ibrahim. Yeah, also Abdullah. Yeah. And, and, and on this track, Umnyama, I'm hearing a little bit of Taiwa, Moses Molalekwa. And, oh. and I don't know if that was intentional or it's just part of, of the inherent makeup of being an artist who comes from the legacy of these pianists. Well, well, thank you so much for highlighting that, especially because today is um, um, Lelekwa and Gunene, Wabmatalagnene Day. So, you know, um, we, we, we wish them a happy birthday as well. Mm. And they definitely like some of my biggest influences. And um, it's an honor for for the sound to kind of like point to us those directions. And I'm thankful. Um, in terms of the title itself, Omnyama is is uh, a kind of a way to uh, pay respect to Babumfaz Omnyama, who was a Maskanda, uh, one of the greatest Maskanda makers. Yes. And um, kind of parallel to what I was saying about the Shembe movement, the Zionist church movement, uh, we could think of Maskanda music as as forming part of that narrative as well. An encounter with the Western classical instrument uh, as a migrant worker away from home and, and kind of like seeking to project something that, you know, kind of points towards your own identity. And that's how I think about Maskanda. I think of them as well as some people that kept a glimpse of do in their sound when they had an encounter with an instrument that was foreign, you know? And this is something I think about quite a lot in my sound as well. It's like, how do we how do we tell our own stories in these uh, apparently Western classical instruments, and and the Maskanda musicians I think are the leaders of that movement, and I think Babum Selegu as well explored that, Babu Temamkiza explored that, Ibrahim, uh, you know, all of the great masters. Uh, so I think I form part of that lineage, and Omiyama is really about that. It's like you know, how do you speak your own dialect even in a in a through a foreign instrument or you know yes. as a colonized people how do you still remain yourself and what are these things that remain and um, yeah it was there as well on letters from the underworld so i think i'm carrying that same message of what remains and how do we move it forward Absolutely. Beautiful. I love that. Now you've given me a whole lot more insight into uh, this particular song. And I love it to bits. And again, it relates back to what you were saying at the beginning of our chat, where, what you were doing in yeah. Abu Dhabi about, you know, uh, uh, music and migration, an area which has also yeah. always interested me. Yep, yep. Yeah. Thank you. And to Duzo Makatini on the World Show, the brand new album soon to be released. I hope I'm making you hungry. It's called the, In the Spirit of Intu, and here is Omnyama. Kaya <laughs> 
0891-104-959. Yo, Om Nyama. You've given me a whole nother take on Maskandi. <laughs> now it makes sense. Now that I'm listening to it after what you told yeah. me. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love I love this uh, message that came through on Twitter as well from Mbeke Zeli, who says, you've got to love Induduzo's take on spirituality and masculinity. And I couldn't agree more. But now, you know, you speak about a few other things in relation to this album. And the one thing, in fact, they're apparently diverse, but since we're bringing together uh, diverse elements, I'm going to bring them up yeah. together. The one is cosmology yeah. and the other one is community. Tell me a little bit about, you know, about both aspects and how you relate them together. Yeah. Well, I guess the the one fits on the other. Um, There's a sense in which uh, keeping a cosmology together uh, takes a community. So there's there's a, a sense in which we we're bound together as a community in articulating our relationship to the cosmos. So hence the whole notion of which means, uh, you know, I am because you are. So there is no um, kind of existence of an individual without the community. So that is, a, that is a product of cosmology, but that is kind of the orientation that um, a community kind of has to um, kind of formulate in order to make sense of the cosmology. And the entire place of sound actually as I said in the beginnings you know um, there is a, a deep relationship in my upbringing between sound and, and ritual so in a sense that all these songs were, were, were formed part of a broader project of keeping the cosmology together so, so I think for me all of those themes community, cosmology and the sound you know, kind of uh, are very close, closely related, and of course, this is what I'm trying to um, to advocate for in my sound. That it's a it's a it's a communal uh, product. You know, it's. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to put this album uh, together if it wasn't for the community that brought me up, or, or even the community that was in studio with me, yes. or even the the. the the, the sounds of a community that surround us. So for me, that's really what keeps everything together. And um, because I was also thinking about what is really cosmology in an African context. And to summarize it, for me, it's based on two aspects. The one is continuity, which is invoked in our sense of being, which is we, we constantly are thinking about being in the world departing as an ancestor and coming back as the ones that are not yet born. So that kind of triad holds the idea of continuity. But also on the one hand, we have wholeness, which holds together the idea of our respects of nature, of other human beings, which then creates the communal idea of being in the world. So so everything is, is towards this endlessness, is towards this uh, continuity, and somehow the sounds are a manifestation of, you know, this endlessness. If you look at some of those, most of those songs are difficult to end. Yes. And this was something that Abu <laughs> 
pointed out in his work of cycles, he was talking about endlessness uh, and timelessness. How do we suspend time? And uh, and rituals are a big factor of how we we use time in a different way in Africa. So it's all of those concepts put together, Sisniki. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And I think, you know, again, just you, you touched on it. I spoke about it at the beginning of the show. Uh, even the floods that have been taking place in KZN. We really have to yeah. be looking not just as ourselves, but as ourselves and the organism that houses us, our planet Earth, you know. And I think this relates to what you're saying. It comes from, the cosmology comes from out there, but it comes into our role as community and how we put it back out into the world again. Absolutely beautiful. One last uh, yeah. uh, 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 thing I wanted to bring up into Duzo before I let you go. You know, yeah. um I certainly have been healed by your by your sounds over the years yeah. and and I've noticed that yeah. more and more recently even you know in your profile and whatever you speak about being a healer um yeah. uh, w- tell me a little bit about the roots of that um yeah. uh, yes uh, your your healing aspect yes um so I I think um now I've found a home for all of these ideas. I've been looking for do this whole time. So when I when I speak about healing, I'm particularly referring to keeping a, a, a relationship between self, others, the planet, uh, the divinities. So um, re- the idea of ritual is really the tool that I use for healing. And when I talk about healing, I, I'm talking particularly about restoration. How, because in essence, human beings don't really need healing, but we understand that the need for healing arises from a kind of disharmony, whether a disharmony inside of the body, that particular uh, body organs are in, are in uh, disharmony, or we are in out of tune with the universe, uh, things like, you know, the flowers that we're talking about as a kind of out of tuneness. And, but also we have seen how in KZN this kind of out of universal cosmic out of tuneness is exposing the cracks of the out of tuneness of the system yes. that uh, did the planning. So we, we have seen the cracks of the system. But it's, when I'm talking about healing, it's not limited to the body, but it's, it's looking at all these things as illnesses and disharmony as an illness, whether it's disharmony of beings with nature. Uh, but there's a sense in, 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 in which like nature also keeps reminding us. And I think I want to just speak a bit about what has been happening in KZN, because uh, this is where all of these sounds come from as yes. well. I'm, I'm, I was born there. And um, the album itself came as a deep meditation on the banning that was taking place during the the lootings, which is a word that I really try to run away from because mm. it, it, it has a lot of overtones. But I think it was the sounds that came out of the tiredness of the people when, like during lockdown, then many things are exposed about how the system is unable to take care of the people that, you know, vote for particular systems. So that as well is 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 kind of i see 
an aspect of healing there about the the symbol of fire and the burning and um, and and the burning to a point where we left with the ashes as kind of a symbol of the the banning having taken place, but also the ashes as a, as as things that refuse. In the end, we, we must know that this banning happened, and it it, it it is it's an expression. So similarly, when you think about creation stories in Africa, they talk about that in the beginning there was like fire in the the, the universe was filled with banning fires, and eventually then water came and all of these fires escaped to the underworlds. When we reference the underworlds, we reference the energy of our ancestors. And then water came and of course the seas, they had a relationship with the moon. And so there's a sense in which both of these energy vortexes that are invoked in Guazulu Natal in a very short space of time must make us think about what it means at a cosmological or at a spiritual level. And of course, when people don't have houses and people are dying, we do not want to think about spirituality. But I think at a deeper level, these are things that we need to think about and what does it mean to heal from those things. So in a broader sense, this is what I refer to as healing, which is a gift that I received from my ancestors through Bungoma. And I chose to practice Bungoma in a way that was unconventional. I was thinking about sound as being an integral part of how I divine and how I search for meaning. So that's really the connection. Beautiful. And I mean, you spoke about it. Uh, You referenced it as disharmony. And what better tool to use than that of sound in creating harmony once again? It also just reminds me of one other thing that I've been reading up a little bit on lately, which is, you know, in Venda. And and I believe this probably existed in the world, certainly in other places, but how in Venda, the artists are um, are respected as healers. Artists have a role, and it's not just music artists, but the artists are considered healers and acknowledged as such. Yeah. And thank you yeah. for this powerful healing and beautiful project that you've done in Deduza. Thank you for all the joy, the beauty, and the sonic healing that you give all of us. Thank you so much, Sisniki, and, and thanks for having me here and creating this portal that allows for this healing to function. Because also this healing is about place and not only place as in geography, but how, uh, you know, in cyberspace, we can create healing spaces and vortexes. So thanks for being one of the people in the forefront of creating those portals. We, we appreciate you deeply. Thank you so much. And of course, we're going to end within two. Uh, anything you want to say about this track before I play it? I think do is everything that I've said throughout the interview. Yes, <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> let's, leave, let, let's let the song say it all. And in, in fact, it is the final track on this incredible album. I think it's available for pre-order. You see? Go and get the album now before it even comes out. Uh, thank you, Induduza Makatini, for joining us. Magwan, this is Nick Togos. Thank you, and I'm going to end this feature with Intu of Induduza Makatini's In the Spirit of Intu.
every Sunday from 6 to 9 p.m. on Kaya 959. If you missed it live, catch the podcast on kaya959.co.za.